Well, welcome to our final episode of this short three-part podcast series, where we will offer five specific steps you can take in light of new SEC disclosure rules, particularly related to the measurement and management of risk, both within your current security perimeter, but also beyond the emerging and now further tactical edge. What are you doing to anticipate how these new disclosures are going to affect the internal governance of your security appliance risk under this new regulatory lens? If that's your focus and you are ready to take action, this episode will be action-packed and will definitely be helpful. So here goes. Let's dive right into these new tactics. Step one, given enhanced reporting requirements and a strict clock of four days once materiality has been determined, you should immediately conduct an internal incident response simulation. You should benchmark how to stress test your existing processes that might respond under these new conditions either well or not. This establishes a gap assessment on areas of governance, data, or decision-making that teams struggle to define or meet and can help you ensure that your processes are subsequently refined and properly implemented before you have to rely on them under conditions of an actual breach. As we noted in prior episodes, the risk of a breach for any company can never be zero. You will be attacked at some point. No company is too small. And that attack could result in a breach. This step number one is urgent because it will establish that any enterprise who faces a breach under these new regulations will find it easy to engage organizational resources and expertise necessary to meet filing requirements. And of course, as you might imagine, we can help. Contact us if you would like us to help you with that incident response simulation. Step two, as an additional step related to the first one, the design of your new compliance processes also requires a substantial increase in official record-keeping efforts, including dates, times, tracking the detection, assessment, and determination of materiality in real time. If required, these become vital as a legal defense in any query or enforcement action taken by the SEC. In addition to any new methods, processes, or tools you put in place to support your longer-term cybersecurity governance and risk management, you will need to enhance communication among those internal parties responsible for both preparing public disclosures alongside those with applicable domain knowledge and expertise responsible for assessing non-financial materiality. We discussed this in detail in Episode 2. If you didn't hear it, you should go back and listen to it now. This collaboration among your internal teams along with their respective external experts, will require integrated working groups and faster communication channels to support more timely and effective executive decision-making to meet the new requirements. Step 3. With the SEC clearly declining all liability transfer efforts for a vendor or partner-originated attack to deflect your responsibility for reporting a breach, you should immediately adopt new third-party risk assessment, or TPRA in the professional lingo of the security industry. As the extent of your liability moves out to some of your furthest endpoints and through APIs and interconnected systems on which you rely in your supply chain, for example, you need to consider just how far out your tactical edge actually goes now. Where does it stop and why? How do you assess and either accept or mitigate the risk in your downlines and supply chain? Does this change a system integration decision, which may have had a business benefit in the past, but now represents an offsetting legal liability sufficient to want to undo it? 
We have clients rapidly unhooking SSO, APIs, and other forms of interconnection as a result of these new regulations. These are critical risk-informed considerations that are evolving rapidly given the need to disclose and report an attack, even if it originates outside of your own network. You may neither have had control nor legal liability for the event, but it is reportable. This can best be seen in the recent attacks on Caesars, for example, where the vector of attack originated with a technology services provider. Regardless of its origin and the fact that responsibility could be legally deflected onto that supplier ultimately, the company chose to comply and voluntarily report this breach and its detail in a Form 8K filing recently. You can find that online. By the way, this was followed shortly by a class action lawsuit, a potential consequence of public disclosure, and an impact we are tracking as a potential result of these new SEC disclosure regulations. Failure of existing mitigations will result in litigation. You can easily find that filing online if you're interested and track details of this case as it evolves. Consequently, many clients are hiring us and other experts to conduct extended perimeter assessments and to create and develop an extended systems inventory along with additional extended compliance criteria to be imposed on vendors and partners. This will help minimize the risk of a reportable breach outside of your control, but that could impact your organization. These attacks typically arise from within what we now more nebulously call the white space extant between your existing technical perimeter that is under your control and this newly defined but more distant tactical edge that few of us yet substantially understand the implications of. But we're getting there quickly. And until there is resulting first litigations to clarify these liability questions, we won't until these events unfortunately occur. You do not want to be a poster child for the SEC Enforcement Division on a first example. However, that is not a reason to conclude nothing can be done yet. Rather, we suggest implementing staged TPRA sooner rather than later to protect against these events if one were to occur and to offer some credible defense that no effort was taken to address this risk. In our experience, unless enterprise security teams are educated about this new legal reality, it may escape them as an immediate cybersecurity priority. But it is and it must become one and remain one. And even though there are not yet fully defined, fully scalable solutions across the full spectrum of TPRA processes yet, if you need some initial help, our human defense platform can be extended beyond your own perimeter to automatically include all of your downline vendors, suppliers, and interconnected IDs as it relates to controlling and reducing human factors risk. It permits you to monitor and score vendors individually to ensure that they are not contributing unduly to your own risk without your foreknowledge and acceptance of an appropriate level of risk you are willing to accept. This option can be immediately deployed, concurrent with or after your internal launch of our platform, and lets you easily and seamlessly achieve a first step to meeting this emerging new SEC requirement. Step 4. Another area of emerging concern for many of our clients is the rapid realization that OT and IT environments, long since air-gapped and running quite separately, are now merging and creating new opportunities for threat conversion across the enterprise. Recently, Clorox faced a large and material financial loss through exactly this kind of attack, which dropped several of their North American production sites. In a manufacturing environment, the priority must always be on plant safety and availability, as it should be. 
Yet new cybersecurity threats must now be included as a credible source of disruption of both OT and IT-related systems and contagions, with some types of attacks even able to migrate between the two domains. Here again, there is an obvious need for anyone with a significant OT or ICS-enabled environment to rapidly assess their security strategy because your newly required 10K filings will have to address both OT and IT threats. Scrutiny of any gaps will be intensive given recent OT-related security attacks worldwide. So assess your vulnerability and risk in this distinct domain and incorporate it into your overall security strategy starting now. Step 5. The SEC rules pose another dilemma. There is no allowance under these new guidelines for any displacement of your public reporting requirement in deference to anything else, except for a very limited exception, the details of which are not quite clear, of course, for a law enforcement-related exception granted by the Office of the Attorney General, assuredly a high bar to delay reporting. So you need to consider actions to clarify legal and regulatory complexity well ahead of time not in real time. These issues must be settled internally well in advance of needing to file either an event or an annual filing. Let's consider one example of such a complication. You are breached by a private company that provides you with, say, IT or cloud services, for example. You become aware of the details of the breach from them in due course, and your process determines its material and now reportable. Consider that your existing contract may contain non-disclosure or confidentiality clauses preventing you from legally disclosing that information. Or if it does, it may not stipulate you cannot, but it may also not stipulate that you can. It may still not enable disclosure specifically because it was negotiated well before these new guidelines by the SEC were issued. These need to be changed. But given their compliance priority, these create a situation in which you end up disclosing a breach prior to it being reported by the other company with all the legal consequences attendant related to that order of disclosure for both parties. What implications does that have, and how will you make attendant changes to existing service and licensing agreements, for example, to deal with this situation in advance of it occurring? There will definitely be learning to be accomplished together as we all go forward into this brave new regulatory world. Let's consider another interesting situation. In the event of an attack occurring and you determine that the event is not material and you do not intend to disclose it as a result. That's fair. Meantime, other publicly traded companies, some perhaps even in your same industry, make a different determination and opt to start disclosing these attacks. The reports attract media attention and your security team and external experts determine that attacks are likely to be of the same type, contagion, or attack vector and consequence. In fact, they are likely identical attacks, maybe even with a common suspected source. Here's a question. Should their timely disclosure be considered in your own assessment of materiality or not? Does it matter enough to change your determination? Why? How do you keep track of those internal discussions and deliberations and the timeliness of those? How might, for example, a comparison of two decisions between two companies post facto by the regulator change their view if one company opted through an abundance of caution to disclose an attack as being material versus you who did not, especially if you're in the same industry? While we obviously haven't yet gotten to that point, we soon will because full public disclosure enables comparisons among peer responses. Until we have the benefit of hindsight about how companies and regulators navigate this tricky situation, 
we are likely to see earlier and more proactive disclosure decisions to reduce the risk of an enforcement action. Or as we often say at CyberCon IQ, you should take the decision to mitigate instead of litigate. So there you have it, the last episode of our short podcast series on the new SEC reporting guidelines. If anything in this series is something you are struggling with, or you could use an expert resource to support you, we would love the opportunity to speak with you. Or you can learn more about us at cyberconiq.com or reach out to sales at cyberconiq.com. If you are part of an industry organization or association and you would like me to speak to your audience about these or other timely issues, reach out to book me for a keynote. I am a passionate advocate for our profession and the need for all of us to find ways to work together to conquer human factor cybersecurity risk. Accidental insiders, social engineering, business email and credential compromise, and a whole host of other tactics are causing operational, financial, and reputational harm at a scale every single day that is really too high. Nobody is too small to be attacked, and the consequences are severe. Now, if you are a public company under these new SEC regulations, the era of mandated reporting of those attacks is now upon us. You can't hide our human defense platform was created to help right the balance between attackers and defenders and to measurably reduce enterprise security risk to tolerable levels, exactly what the new SEC regulations demand of you. So if you need help, give us a call. And if you like this series, please share it on your network. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe out there. This episode of iq for You was produced by me, Adam Dashu, with special thanks to our host and content developer, Dr. James Norrie. All rights for this podcast are reserved to CyberCon IQ, Inc. And you can listen to this podcast for free on any of your favorite platforms or by visiting us at cyberconiq.com.